Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, doing just great. Thanks so much. As we uh, previewed back on Monday, we're here to talk about the wild card round, and I guess we're going to go ahead and take a look and see just exactly what to expect here on Saturday and Sunday, and actually Monday. Hey, how about that? Look at you, NFL. Yeah, that's it's the second year in a row they're doing a Monday game. I, I really like that. It gives you know a few three days of football. You're not cramming three games in two days. Well, three games each in two days. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Obviously, my New York Giants play Sunday. I am so pumped about that to have a playoff game finally again. It's been a long wait. So I think I share. Well, I think we share, Robert, many Giants fans. Uh, um, what should I say? What's the right word? We're looking for anticipation of finally being having meaningful games in January, I would say. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been uh, a good number of years. Uh, it's, it's been quite quite a climb to get to back to where we are. And believe it or not, I feel uh, pretty darn confident here at Dogs on the Road on Sunday. I do. And we'll get into that in the next episode. Robert and I decided it would be best to break up our previews because we could go on for hours. Obviously, these are the biggest games of the year so far. So today we're going to focus on the three AFC games. We have the Dolphins and the Bills. We have the Chargers and the Jaguars. And we have the Bengals and the Ravens. So all very good games I'm excited for. And why don't we get right into it, Robert? So let's start with the game that we have on Saturday, I believe, is the Chargers and the Jaguars. What are the odds here? Right. And so this game danced quite a bit from Monday all the way down to where we are at this moment here as we uh, as we record live. So I opened up the Chargers as a one point favorite, got that down to pick. Uh, obviously, the, the Jaguars and their performance pushed some money back on on Jacksonville. But we've got the Chargers back up to one and even two in most places with a total now 47 and a half. I will say out of the six games this weekend, this one is leaving me scratching my head the most. I'm in a few confidence pools. I would say I still don't have a pick for this game. However, I am leaning Chargers because that was my first pick when the the, the matchups were announced. Now, there's been a bit of a controversy. We know Brandon Staley played all of his starters deep into the meaningless game against the Broncos on Sunday it sounds like Mike Williams might not be playing. Joey Boza was hurt in the game. I believe there was a few more significant injuries. So we don't know, Robert, correct, that we're getting the Chargers at 100%. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And it's too bad, right, in a game that really didn't matter at all for the Chargers. You're putting in key starters in the game, and now you have the following. You have, a, just like you mentioned, Mike Williams is questionable Saturday with his back injury. Kenneth Murray left the last game. He injured his neck. Key contributor as a linebacker there. Then if you just look at what fresh news has come out just this morning, uh, Joey Bosa, of course, you know, he injured himself with groin. He is upgraded now to probable. Uh, and then, of course, Zach Bailey, the tackle, his back was injured as well. He's also now probable with a back injury. Uh, so an improvement in their conditions. Uh, but, yeah, for sure, it, it, the players that probably should have been resting rather than, you know, in there. Uh, maybe off of the news 
of Bosa and Bailey now being probable, uh, that's probably why the charges are up to two instead of the pick that we were at just 24 hours ago. As of this recording, I am still going to side with the Chargers because, like I said, I'm leaning toward the Chargers. They were my initial pick. If you looked at earlier in the year, the Jaguars played the Chargers. I believe it was week three, and they just blew out LA at SoFi Stadium. It wasn't even a close game. But if you remember that game, Robert, Justin Herbert was a game time decision. He probably shouldn't have been in that game. I don't. I don't think he. I think they should have stuck with Chase Daniels. They didn't. There were a ton of injuries that day. Rashawn Slater was injured. Boza was injured. You didn't have Keenan Allen for that game. But it's a totally different Chargers team that the Jaguars are getting. Now, the Jaguars, they did look very good down the stretch. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Cowboys. They struggled, however, against Tennessee. And that is the game I'm I'm focusing on because it was the biggest game of Trevor Lawrence's career thus far, and he didn't perform particularly well in it. Now, I don't think that the Chargers have a defense that replicates the Titans. The Titans have several pro ballers on that defense. But I think the Chargers with between Khalil Mack, between Joey Boza, I think they could apply enough pressure on Trevor Lawrence to make him feel uncomfortable. That being said, Mike Williams being, if he's out for that game, I think he hurts, but I think that Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter are more than capable wide receivers to pick up the slack. So as of today, I am sticking with the Chargers as my pick to win and to cover. How about you, Robert? Excellent. So obviously here, previous to week 18, if you go ahead and refer back to my power rankings that I put out to end the season, I had Jacksonville just a tick, tick higher than the Chargers, uh, two to one and a half. And now look, I even made a note that said that the Chargers have the injuries behind them. And I thought they were going to be as dangerous as any playoff team. Well, what do you know? (laughs) We've got some key players on the injury report Mm -hmm. and Even with them healthy, I had Jacksonville as a half point better. So at a point and a half, let's just go a point and a quarter. uh, We've got the wrong favorite in my eyes. And so I'm going to go the opposite here. And especially knowing that I could catch two, uh, as I'm looking fresh across the board here in most books in Nevada, I put them at one and a half right now. The Chargers... Pretty much two-point favor anywhere you go. Uh, I'd probably be very happy to grab those two points as a home dog on Saturday night. Do you like uh, the upset as a to- as as well, or you're just taking the points? Oh no, no. At this point, with with it, the margin being so tiny, I'm I'm picking them to win this game. I like Jacksonville to win their first playoff game in how long? Oh, that would you'd have to go back to <laughs> I, without that. What was it? They lost the Patriots. What was that year? I was gonna say was it Brunel? Yeah, no, it wasn't Brunel. It was uh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name. He backed up the Rams a few years ago. He was uh, it was the Jalen Ramsey year. I gotta look that up because I'm totally blanking. <laughs> it wasn't Blaine Gabbard. I don't know why that name is sticking with me. Let me just look it up real quick. Jaguars twenty. Uh, Blake Bortles. <laughs> I knew it was a B. That's what I was saying. I was like, Blaine Gabbert? No, no. Blake Bortles. Double B, baby. Let's go. <laughs> well, it, well, it's good that we start out the episode disagree disagreeing on something. So I, I like that. I like that. Well, I, I think I think though, if you look at the total, I'm actually gonna lean under Robert because this is a Saturday game. They're playing on, well, the Jacksonville Jaguars will get a full week rest. Chargers are playing on a short week. 
But I really think that there's going to be a lot of jitters. This is the first playoff game for a lot of players, especially on the Jaguars. I think that it's going to be a very low scoring first half. There's probably going to be scoring in the second half, but I'm going to lead under when it comes to the total. How about you? Fair enough. If, and so if we have to break it down, right, it's obviously 47 and a half. This is probably looking around a 24-21 kind of a score, maybe 21-18. You're right. Um, my, my first step is to go under the total. I think Jacksonville wins this one with a low 20 score. So I'm, I'll, I'll go under with you as well. Let's talk about what's the key, what's the X factor with both teams? What do the Chargers, in your opinion, need to do to win? And what do the Jaguars need to do, in, in your opinion, to win? To be honest, I'm actually banking on <laughs> seeing this injury report be true. Uh, and if it is true, they're going to be missing uh, the Chargers, rather. The, the Chargers are going to be missing some key contributors, obviously. If Bose is not 100%, if he's not out there for every snap, Jacksonville is going to be able to really cook offensively and give Lawrence plenty of time. So my X factor in this entire game is going to be Joey Bosa's ability to play the entirety of this game. If he has a clean injury slate, uh, my pick is going to be in big trouble, I think, to be honest. So uh, big circle and big X right over Joey Bosa and his probable status right now for the Chargers. I would say Austin Eckler is my X factor for the Chargers because We've seen how Derrick Henry can run on this Jacksonville defense. They're not partic- they don't particularly guard well against the run. I think if ja- if the Chargers really pound the ball with Eckler, especially if Mike Williams out, take the pressure off of Justin Herbert in his first career playoff start. If they lo- if they elongate drive if they elongate drives if they keep the ball out of Trevor Lawrence in the offense hands, I think that will play well into the Chargers' strength. I think keeping Lawrence off the field, keeping it away from Evan Ingram, from Christian Kirk, from all their weapons, Travis Etienne on offense. I think the more you keep that Jacksonville defense out there, they're going to get tired. They're not an experienced playoff squad. I think that Austin Eckler is definitely the key for the Chargers. How about the Jaguars, Robert? What do you think? Yeah, if, if we look at the Jaguars boxes over the past three weeks, there's been quite a number of things that you could point to, but most important is the growth and and how much uh, Trevor Lawrence has developed, right? Uh, you know, in, in, in such a quick amount of time, he was able to really put things together offensively, keep the turnovers down low, uh, and, and make sure that the ball's, you know, in their possession most of the time. If they're able to continue to do that and control the ball, they're really going to have an easier time than if you're just going to let – the Chargers go and do their thing. Look, I, I, I've said it before a few times, the, the level of quarterback talent in the AFC is so much better than in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to see these two here together in a wild card playoff round, uh, you know, heck, you could probably argue to say that, you know, they'd be an NFC, uh, if not semifinalists, you know, maybe even NFC championship caliber quarterbacks uh, just based on their talent alone. I don't think that we're going to see the star of the game. So as I play the game out in my head, the Jaguars win this game with a low 20 score. I don't see anyone coming up with a really big performance uh, rushing. So Etienne Jr., I don't think we're going to need to see him really pop off. But the threat of him being able to you know, pull off a couple of runs is what I think is going to open up the game on the other side. 
and seeing Trevor Lawrence really perform. That's probably going to be what I'm looking for is to see uh, some play action. And that's probably what's going to lead to Jacksonville's performance offensively really pop at home. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Lawrence, if he if he doesn't perform well, I don't think this team has a chance against the Chargers. The Chargers I, still have veteran talent. They have some veterans that have been in the playoffs before. I think that if you if if Trevor Lawrence fumbles, if he throws interceptions, I I don't think that they're going to recover from that. I think if the Jaguars have to play from behind, Robert, I don't see them coming back. How about you? No, no, you're right. It's it's very difficult to come back against the Chargers because of how relentless they are offensively, right? And so um, if, for Jacksonville to win, they need to keep the ball away from the Chargers. And if they're going to be able to control the ball, and like you mentioned, the X factor, your, your X factor is going to be Eckler. And my God, what a season he just had. Uh, so you're absolutely right. Keep the ball away from that massive talent. Uh, you know, work on the work on exactly what you have. Go with your three wideouts and your tight ends, uh, and and make sure that you keep them all fresh and up every single play. So it's exactly the way I'm probably going to see it. Heck, um, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, they may have more targets in this game than probably all season long. Yeah, they're definitely. If the Jaguars want to keep up pace with the Chargers. I really just don't see how they're going to do it. You also have to think about Brandon Staley. I've never been a fan of Brandon Staley as a coach. I think going for it as much as he does on fourth down really has lost the Chargers some key games, put them in some big situations where they should have been up by a lot and maybe not, or they've been, they should have been behind by a little and then they're behind by a lot. But I think that in this game, Robert, he's going to be, he's not going to change. He's not going to, he, he played all of his starters while into the third quarter the other day. If if there's a fourth and two situation, fourth and three situation, even if they're in their own territory at like the 40 yard line, they're going to go for it. So does Jacksonville have to adjust their gameplay? Do they have to be aggressive like the Chargers? Look, I think that and that's a great point that you make, Ali. I'm, I'm, I've had it up to here and I know this is not great radio, but I just put my hand way above my head <laughs> and I'm, I'm so done with hunting on fourth and short. Get out of here with that. Stop the cowardly football. Let's go. You're picking up four and a half to five yards of play. What's different on fourth down? I don't care if you're inside your own 50, you got to score and you have to keep that ball away from your opponent. Look, Basically, since the bye week, they've been untouchable outside of the game at Detroit where they got absolutely torn apart and they gave up 40 points. They've won hosting Baltimore, putting up high 20s. At Tennessee, they put up 36. This was Lawrence's pretty much breakout game where they think he's through for like 350-plus. You beat Dallas in overtime, right? Then you went into New York when they still had a good shot. You beat them and you held them to three points. Houston was what it was. And then, of course, you scratched out the game against Tennessee. So keep playing the way you have. Don't change the game plan now. And absolutely, play fearless football here. Yeah, I can't agree more with you. So we have Robert is taking Jacksonville with the points. I am taking the Chargers with the points. And we both agree on the under. So let's now move to the next game, which there's all sorts of question marks around. But we have the Dolphins and the Bills. As of today, Robert, what is the injury report concerning the quarterbacks? Who would be making the start for Miami? Okay, so no no surprise here. 
Tago Vailol is absolutely not playing. Uh, I've said this too many times. I'm not going to repeat myself for the, for, the, for the record. I think that the kid should retire. Uh, he, he's, he's clearly not up to playing on the pro level right now and, and possibly ever. So he is out. Teddy Bridgewater has his hand injury, right? And obviously quarterback kind of need that, right? So he's questionable to start on Sunday, which puts Skylar Thompson behind center for this game. So we open the game begrudgingly with Buffalo only as a nine-point favorite. Why? Because we went on the assumption that Tyco Vilo was actually going to play. Mm -hmm. Well, news came out early this morning. He's definitely not. So nine became 10, became 11, became 12 and a half. And there's places that have already jumped all the way to 13. So, Allie, let's handicap this game with Buffalo as a 13-point favorite, but total all the way down to 43 and a half. Ugh, this is one of those. I'm glad my confidence picks are just straight up. <laughs> like, like if I have to say anything, like, and I usually love betting against the spread, but I love that my confidence pulls are straight up this week. That's a ton of points, Robert. I know Miami has taken, they beat Buffalo once this year. They came very close to beating them in Buffalo a few weeks ago, but that was both with two at quarterback. I would say if Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback, I would give the Miami Dolphins a better chance of covering Skylar Thompson. We know rookie quarterbacks tend to struggle in the playoffs. It's a big stage. What bigger stage can this rookie quarterback be going on than playing in Buffalo who just had a traumatic experience with DeMar Hamlin a few weeks ago, who they're playing with every passion in their body to win this game for him. I know it's a big number, I really am biting my teeth and shutting my eyes when I say I'm laying that much points, especially to a division opponent, even though it's the playoffs. But I just don't see how Miami scores more than 10 points in this game, Robert. So I'm going to have to lay the points. How about you? Excellent. Very good there, Allie. Break down the game deeper, right? This is how we come to our point spread. This is how we come to our total. Think about how many points they can output with Tago Vailoa, right? Now, don't even waste the exercise there because that's not even going to come into play. Teddy Bridgewater, on the other hand, might play. So what is he good for behind uh, behind front and center? Not quite sure. Now let's go a little bit deeper. Raheem Mostert's questionable. It looks like his thumb's been completely mangled. Even with a healthy hand and able the ability to, to get receptions out of the backfield, think about who's throwing it to him. Cedric Wilson's questionable. I don't know what happened to him yet, but he might not play. And obviously going back, we know, I mean, look, Miami is really, really coming into this hobbled. Uh, if we have Skylar Thompson throwing the ball, they are probably not going to scratch out more than a couple of field goals in this game. Buffalo at home, which, oh, by the way, just as a, a quick note, it looks like um, – Damar Hamill just got uh, discharged out of his Buffalo okay. hospital now, which is absolutely incredible. Nine days after he collapsed. So I'm so happy. I just, just saw that on the ticker. I'm so happy to read that. Uh, doctors. Uh, so here, here's what I'm thinking. If it's going to be Skylar Thompson, they're not scoring a touchdown. They'll probably pick up a couple of field goals and they're going to go just absolutely just really, really have a bad, bad, really bad Sunday. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, perhaps 
they get a touchdown, right? So I'm going to go on the assumption that it is Teddy Bridgewater because they're saying, uh, this is it. It's our last game. We have to throw every card out that's possible. Bridgewater will probably play. Um, I'm thinking he doesn't finish the game. Uh, that inconsistency is going to only hurt them even more offensively. But to be honest, uh, Ali, Miami's not going to be holding the ball. This is going to be Buffalo. They probably they probably might not even punt. Uh, I see Buffalo in the mid to high 30s. Heck, they may go over the total by themselves. Right. This one, uh, I, I really, I, it just... I recoil when I when I have to lay points. It just it hurts me actually to lay points. But I'm I going to do it on this game. Uh, I, and I'll even go ahead and, and see the highest number here, 13. Makes sense to me. Uh, I'll even lay the, the full 13 points here with Buffalo. It's kind of like the wild card game last year, Robert, where Buffalo completely blew New England out of out of the game. Like the game was over after the first quarter. Mac Jones had the worst game of his career. There was no looking back. Buffalo owned that game. I'm not. The circumstances are different. Obviously, there's the emotional play with Hamlin, but I don't see Buffalo looking back at this game. And even if Teddy Bridgewater plays, Robert, I hate to say it, but th- has there been a game that he's entered that he didn't end up getting hurt in this year? It seems like it's like how I compare Tarot Ter- Taylor with 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 the Giants. Every game that we put him in, it seemed like he got hurt. Backing up Daniel Jones. I don't want to put any bag, bad karma out there or anything, but I don't know if you could trust Teddy Bridgewater in this game, even if you start him, even if, especially if he's questionable coming into this game. That being said, there's just so much uncertainty around Miami. I think Buffalo is just playing at a whole nother level. They have the Super Bowl in sight. I think Miami's just happy that they are in the playoffs. I agree with you. I think that Buffalo scores high into the 30s. It's going to go over because of them, and maybe a, maybe Miami gets a touchdown at, with two minutes left in the game. But I, I think this one, I hate to say it, I think that this is a blowout and it's over by halftime. Am I wrong? No, no, you're, you're, you're not. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely side with you here. I'm just continuously looking. So here, let, let's see what Bridgewater has done this season. Um on New Year's Day, they, they lost in New England. He had a QBR of 33. And one touchdown, one interception. And he got hurt in that game. Right. Uh, Mid-October, uh, hosting Minnesota, 16 points is all he could amass. And I think he got so, hurt in that game. He got hurt in that game, right. Then he, then he came in for a, a quick blow against the Jets. Uh, they, they got blown out there. And then at the Bengals, this was in late September, they gave up 27 points. He was only able to to amass 15 points, 14 of 23 for 193 passing yards. You're you're not winning in Buffalo with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, wow, what a what a topsy turvy season for Miami this was. It really has been like the fact that they're nine and eight really describes their season. It's just been topsy turvy. You win a few, you lose a few. I can't think of it any other way. Which, on a side note, Robert, how about that college football game Monday night? Uh, yeah, about that. You can, I see this is, again, I wish we had a, a callback button that I could just go ahead and just add this clip in right now. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it for the listener so you don't have to go back. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and even pretend for a second to imitate your voice here, Ali. I'm just going to say, very clearly paraphrasing, you said Georgia Bulldogs in a blowout. This one won't even be close. Me, 
On the other hand, I said, TCU, yeah, going to go out big, take a big lead. Georgia comes back in an uncomfortable fashion to win in a tight game. Um, it wasn't tight pretty much after the first drive. No, in <laughs> fact, my dad called me. I was coming home from somewhere, and I think Georgia was up 17-7 at that point. And he's like, TCU's not scoring again this game. <laughs> I said, hey, you know what? I was like, if I was like to I was like, for the spread to have been that high, you knew it had to be a blowout because everyone was gonna side with TCU after upsetting Michigan. But that the college football's over. Let's get back to the NFL. So Robert and I <laughs> were both in agreement. Lay the points with the Bills. It'll probably tilt over considering how many points the Bills are gonna score. But let me ask you one more thing before we move on to the final game, Robert, in this game. If Miami was to somehow pull off, not maybe an upset, but play close, what is the X factor for them? For the Miami Dolphins? Yeah. Uh, it's probably turning both Waddle and Hill, so I'll, I'll call the both of them, into Swiss Army knives. Heck, but, by the way, this is going to be insane if this happens. How about they start running the Wildcat with them? Yeah, I was just gonna make that. <laughs> they they might as well, aren't they? The ones that kind of originated the wildcat. Yes, <laughs> yes. So run run the wildcat with the both of them constantly and see what you can do. If that comes down to it, boy, am I going to throw up a couple of exclamation points on Twitter at the NBL Twitter handle? I think honestly, that's probably the only way to do keep it close. Uh, so there's my X factors: uh, Waddle and Hill in every fashionable way possible offensively. All right, let's move on to the final game. This one is Sunday night for the third time this year. Baltimore is taking on Cincinnati. Robert, do we have any idea if Lamar Jackson is playing or not? Yeah, this is a very good point because this is what's going to alter the line. The point spread that we have here today is with a Lamarless. Ravens team. Uh, so we have the Bengals opening up as a six and a half point favorite. It's up to seven. And in some places, it's pushing it even higher. Uh, matter of fact, I just saw a place go to seven and a half. The total is even more telling about the availability of Lamar Jackson opening up at 44 and a half. It's now down to 41 and a half. Uh, so for all intents and purposes, us bookmakers say no Lamar Jackson on Sunday evening against the Bengals. So who would start for the Ravens in that case? Are we seeing the undrafted Anthony Brown or are we seeing Tyler Huntley? Boy, I, I would probably say in, in a game like this, you're you're probably going to have to go with Huntley. Uh, stranger things have happened, right? I mean, you, you, we probably already know what Huntley can do. Uh, Huntley, by the way, also questionable. Uh, you know, in, in this game, but I, I honestly think that if, if there's going to be any live chance uh, at, at them winning, they're probably going to have to go with Huntley here uh, in, in, in an effort to beat the Bengals on the road. Yeah, this is tough because it's still a division rival game. The situation between Baltimore and Cincinnati is immensely different than Miami and Buffalo. But the Bengals are my team. I'm going to roll with them. Even if Lamar Jackson plays, Robert, 
I have no idea how healthy he really is. We haven't seen him in months. I, I don't know if he can still run. I don't know what his chemistry is like with his receivers that are left. Don't forget, there's a lot of injuries to the receiving core as well. I think that Joe Burrow, once he gets to the postseason, his the ice in his veins just becomes solid frozen, and he just operates like there's no tomorrow. I think the Bengals win this one at home pretty comfortably. I just don't uh, – you said it You said it perfectly. The total says it itself, 41. I think the Bengals score in the 30s. I don't see how the Ravens get that far into the double digits. So I'm going to hold my nose again but say I'm laying the points. It's a, bit, it's a lot of points to lay for two division foes in the postseason, but I'm going to lay the points. How about you? Yeah, it's, it's tough, right, because you're, you're looking at – an offense that is supposed to be putting up points in the high 20s. But if we look at Huntley's performance going back to the first week in December, they scored 10 points versus Denver, 16 points at Pittsburgh, three points at Cleveland, right? This is all with Huntley at quarterback. 17 points hosting Atlanta, right? There's the Atlanta Falcons that are not in the playoffs. Cleveland, not in the playoffs. Denver, we we, we know what they're, what they're at. Then New Year's Day, hosting Pittsburgh, they lost. They only put up 13 points there. And then at Cincinnati, we've seen this game, right? And this was without Huntley, and they still put up only 16 points. Allie, I, again, I, I, I recoil laying points. But even at the seven here, uh, I, I just don't see anything more than 10 to 13 points being put up uh, by the Baltimore Ravens here on the road, Cincinnati on the other side, uh, mid-20s at least. So this is a win and a cover for me with the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's say Lamar doesn't play and the Ravens go on to lose. This will be the second season in a row Lamar's missed a chunk of games down the stretch and he wasn't available for his team postseason time. Does this affect his contract negotiations, Robert? And if so, how much? I would, uh, if I'm the general manager and I'm, I'm meeting with my owner of my football franchise, I really have to say, so, you know, here's, here's a kid immensely talented MVP, uh, turned down a quarter of a billion dollar contract to be a quarterback for a franchise that, you know, that desperately wanted him. Uh, what kind of an effort am I going to get out of Lamar Jackson? Maybe there's something that we just don't know, Ali. Maybe maybe it's just something that's personal between him and 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 that entire franchise. Maybe he just mailed it in and knew that he wanted nothing to do with Baltimore. Without digging any deeper, we'll really, really never know. Uh, maybe one day when he writes a book, he'll say, "I I never loved the city. I played there because I was drafted there out of uh, out of Louisville." But I, it's just so hard to say why he just shut it down. You know, six weeks. I mean, look, we know why he's injured, right? Right. We that's that's clear. He can't perform. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it's maybe it's just different. I, if 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 I'm there and I have the ability to stand and move, I want to play no matter what. Even if I'm some sort of a, of a specter on offense, just put me in there to just make you know make them confuse something. Yeah, it, it's it's very it's very odd. I was kind of skeptical of Lamar's relationship with the franchise going into the season. I think that it's just been heightened in the past few weeks. 
I would have to say, Robert, I think he ends up playing, though. I think he will come back. I know it's a long shot, but I think we will see him Sunday. What do you think? If he does play, Allie, if he does, they still lose this game. Oh, I 100% agree. But what would yeah. that do with the spread? What would it be if he does? Oh, right. Very good point. Very good point. So if he does play, if it's announced that he's now the starter, you're going to see that seven and a half absolutely vanish instantly. And as a matter of fact, all of those sevens go back right back down to six and a half, Ali. And I don't even think that matters. I, I would still I would still lay points with seven. I would lay points with six and a half. It's similar to the Lions-Packers game Sunday night, where after the Seahawks won, the Lions shot up, I believe, for Detroit, went from five and a half to, I th- for four and a half to, I think, five and a half. I don't think it matters. I think Cincinnati wins this game pretty comfortably. All right, so, Robert, before we move on, we agreed with the Dolphins and Bills and Ravens and Bengals. We disagreed with the Chargers and Jaguars. But assign me a confidence number, one being most confident, three being least confident, to all three games and who covers what what is your confidence excellent okay this is cool uh i'm gonna go third highest confidence yeah so we're gonna go backwards uh uh my least confidence selection will be in the jaguars that'll be my third uh followed by the bengals and then the <laughs> the biggest favorite on the board the buffalo bills will be my most confident selection how about for you yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I said at the beginning that the Chargers and Jaguars was the one out of all the games, AFC and NFC, that we are debating. So I would say I'm least confident there, most confident in the Bills, and the Bengals fall right in the middle. So both Robert and I are in agreement at that. Let me just ask you real quick, Robert. If someone told you at the beginning of the season that Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence would be playing in a playoff game come January, you wouldn't be too surprised. But if someone told you that then on the other side, Brock Purdy and Geno Smith would be facing off in a wild card game, what would you have said? I'd ask you, who's Brock Purdy? <laughs> I'm serious. I'd be like, well, what team is he on? Right. Like I say, who's, I would literally say, Who's Brock Purdy? Didn't I hear him in his seventh year at Iowa State? (laughs) Very well said. All right. Well, let's move on to the next segment. And everyone loves our Monday buy or sell segment. So I figure we're going to do an AFC wildcard version of buy or sell. Are you ready for this one, Robert? Of course. (laughs) All right. Buy or sell. We will eventually see a Bills versus Chiefs playoff rematch this postseason. Yeah, I'm buying. Um, I'm buying because I had them, you know, right now come hell of a hangman as the one in one A, not only in the AFC, but in the entire league. Uh, and, and right now they're so neck and neck. They face desperation. They, they blew it off. Kansas City is playing on some kind of cheat code. They're playing right around the rosy, clowning teams, scoring touchdowns at will. Yeah, that was- I mean, it, it, you know, they're they're undefeated in their division again. And, and I honestly have Buffalo and Kansas City so high above everyone else that I, I would really wonder what went wrong, horribly wrong, if we're not seeing them uh, you know, come championship time for AFC. So yeah, we'll see them matched up on mine. 
I'm going to sell because I'm still riding high on my Bengals. I believe the Bengals would play the Bills next round, no matter what, if both win. And Kansas City would play the winner of Jacksonville and L.A. So I still think the Bengals would beat the Bills. I, I'm going to ride on Joe Burrow. I do know that'll be an emotional rematch when they face each other, but I'm going to sell just because the Bengals were my preseason pick to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm going to stick with them. All right, let's move on to the next one, Robert. Buy or sell. At least one wild card team will be in the AFC Conference Championship game. Well, <laughs> I kind of uh, painted myself in a corner here. Um, I, I'd like to add some color to this and say it sure would be great to see the Chargers or the Jaguars there. Uh, but uh, no, I, I will have to sell this just based on my previous answer. I agree with you. I think the Chiefs, the, the Bengals, and the Bills are so far above everyone else in the AFC. If you do see a wild card team in the conference championship, I think it will be the NFC, but not the AFC. All right, next one, Robert, buy or sell. Brandon Staley will ultimately regret playing his starters in week 18. Yes, I'm buying that. Right. Uh, Jacksonville wins this game, and that's how I handicapped it. And then Brandon Staley will have to eat cold porridge for the rest of the offseason saying, why did I start all of these players? They're injured. I lost because of it. Boo-hoo on me. Yes, buy me. <laughs> I, will, I will buy that whether they win or not. This <laughs> okay, if you're good. still going to miss Mike Williams for multiple weeks, there's no way you're going to have any shot against Kansas City when you play them in the in the divisional round. I think that no matter if the Chiefs, if the Chargers lose this week or next week, people are definitely going to highlight that Staley put all his starters out in the field. It and he kept them in way too long. It might even cost him his job. I think that I know a lot of Chargers fans that aren't big Staley fans. So I think yes, he will regret starting his starters. All right, next one, Robert. Buy or sell, this week will be Lamar Jackson's last game as a Raven. <laughs> okay, yes. So first off, hysterical that his last game is one that he won't even take a snap in probably. I'm buying this with all my money. I'm buying this with your money. Uh, he'll be the number one target in the offseason for quarterback. Irregardless, this is definitely Lamar Jackson's last game as a Baltimore Raven. Bye, bye, bye. I 100% agree with you. I don't see him returning to Baltimore. Let me ask you this, Robert. What would be your top two destinations for Lamar Jackson if he doesn't return to Baltimore? So I go... How about let's go with the New York Jets? And what if we see a real big play with a giant open purse for the Houston Texans. I, I agree with you with Houston. I think that they have the money. I think especially since they don't have the number one overall pick, I could definitely see them not being sold if Bryce Young goes number first because number one, because I think that Chicago is going to trade that pick. I could see them not being totally sold on CJ Stroud and dishing out all the money for Lamar Jackson. He would definitely put seats in the fans. The Jets are interesting. I don't know if, if Lamar would want to go into a division that has Miami and has Buffalo. 
I would say if I, what about New Orleans, Robert? They, th- that's a team that they play in a dome. It's very friendly for them. They're in the worst division when in probably in all of football. How about, how about the New Orleans Saints? That's a great point. And now, you know, as we were just mentioning, there's uh there's all this talent in the AFC. So maybe, yeah, maybe he does take a look and say, I, let me get out of that conference and see if I could start cooking, you know, in the NFC side. So a uh, very good point. Perhaps, yeah, the Saints would probably be a great fit. Carolina, while we're in the NFC South, they could probably, you know, stand to improve several games in the standings just with him at QB. Uh, yeah. Crazier, crazier things have happened. How about, how about Washington? Washington, I was thinking about, and not too far of a move for him. He really isn't. Washington's an interesting choice. He goes with a very good defense, something the Saints, I don't believe, has. I think that Ron Rivera would work very well with him the same way he worked with Cam Newton. Washington's a good possibility. I could definitely see Washington. All right. Last one, Robert. Buy or sell. Joe Burrow will have a better QBR than both Josh Allen and, and Pat Mahomes this postseason. Oh, God, how do I buy a half a share? <laughs> um, I think I think he lands smack dab in, in the middle. Uh, I, I think not better. Actually, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna put Allen number one and then put Burrow and then Mahomes. Super, super tight. I, I feel that we'll see real fireworks come out of out of Allen and Burrow. Mahomes probably gets there a lot easier. So I, I think that we see the best QBR come out of Allen and then Joe Burrow not too far behind. So uh, how do I buy half a share? <laughs> I'm totally buying the full share. Joe Burrow <laughs> guy when it comes to the AFC. I think that he just tore, he, he's been pretty much a chief killer the past two seasons with what he's done to that team. I think I'm going to buy, I think he's number one. All right, last before we sign off, Robert, and Robert and I will be back to talk NFC tomorrow, but let's make our final predictions for the AFC. Today, who do you have, A, facing in the conference championship, and then B, who's going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? Why are you putting my feet to the fire so fast, so early? (laughs) Okay, fine, fine. It's... uh... Playing in a stadium to be named, we'll see Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, I knowing that it's on a neutral field, I'll make the game pick, and I say that Kansas City will be the AFC champion. I'm gonna go rematch last year, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Cincinnati is back. I'm writing Joe Burrow still very high. All right. Well, one one more thing, Robert, before we sign off. I know that Robert and I could we could talk for for hours and hours. But what is the best value right now? If your future is better and you're looking at who in the AFC will get to the Super Bowl, who do you think is the best value to take? So if you're looking at odds to win the Super Bowl right now, I kind of looked at it for you know some time and I said if somehow Tampa makes their way into the playoffs and they get healthier and healthier. I always said that their line was going to be the key part of their success. Tristan works. 
getting as healthy as he had going back to week one. So my pick for the highest value right now would probably go and land right on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which you can currently get uh, here, at least at the book at Baldini's at 32 to one. That would be my pick for best value selection right now to win the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay. You know, it's crazy, Robert, and we'll talk more about it, this on the NFC tomorrow, but I real quick preview. I do think Tennessee, that Tampa Bay beats Dallas this weekend. And then if, if, if what I think is going to happen that my New York giants beat the Minnesota Vikings, what is Tampa Bay going to have an easier road to the playoffs? They will probably, well, they would probably play then the San Francisco 49ers when it comes to the division round. But if they, but what do you think? Do you think that they would beat the Niners if they had to face them in the division round? So the game will be in San Francisco, right? So right now I have San Francisco about two and a half units better. Add another point and a half. They should probably come five. It'll probably come six and a half, which will be pretty inflated. So, you know, again, Tampa, they sure did look inconsistent all year, but they're really formidable now. Uh, I'd look to back them, obviously, Monday night. I'd look to back them against San Francisco. Uh, you know, they, they'd be definitely my, my pick to go, you know, deep, deep into the NFC. Uh, and if, if they honestly, if they win San Francisco, Ali, I, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but they're Super Bowl bound. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was actually telling my friend over the weekend who's a, who really likes Tom Brady. I was like, jump on that line then if you do. Listen, I've been supporting – well, a preview for tomorrow, I'm supporting Brock Purdy. Well, not supporting because I'm supporting my Giants. But I have picked Brock Purdy and the Niners to go to the Super Bowl for the NFC. But I will say, if they play the Bucks, that game scares me, Robert, because we saw them blow out the Bucks earlier this year. That means nothing when it comes to the playoffs. I think that the Bucks would be a scary team facing San Francisco again. All right. Well, that is all the time Robert and I have for today. As mentioned, we will be back tomorrow to preview the three NFC games. We have some good matchups on the slate for this weekend. Obviously, my New York Giants. You have Dallas and Tampa Bay. And then you also have the 49ers and the Seahawks. And before we sign off, Robert, any last thoughts or words for the audience? Yeah, look, it's it's clear that, you know, at this point, your your path to any kind of real, uh, you know, victory and handicapping this game is going to be looking at injuries. So as we talked about at the top of our show, the top of our hour, when, when you handicap a game, the points are going to really play into when you make your wager. Uh, you know, sure, money line bets are, are are always available to you, but it's these point spreads that count the most that get you the most value. So, you know, and especially here in these wild card rounds where every team is here and, and they're all in some sort of trajectory up or down, get your points where you know you're going to lay them. So if you liked the Chargers, probably should have laid it yesterday. You know, so, so now you have to wait and see if the injury report goes in your favor. Uh, so, again, timing is everything here. It's it's not who did you bet, it's who we like right now. And that's why I you know I told Allie that Buffalo was not a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. It's 13. And even with that, Allie was more than comfortable laying 
a far larger number uh, you know, than, than what it opened at because after all, that's kind of what this is all about, handicapping to the current number. Yep, couldn't agree with you more, Robert. All right, everyone, thanks for joining. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.